All right. Well, good singing. We can hear you all over. And uh, we thank God for a, a wonderful morning. Thank you for being here in the morning. Uh, we're going to have a, a wonderful service tonight. And uh, full of encouragement, full of blessings. And uh, I, I did not realize how fast time goes by. But this is indeed the eighth service in a row where we have been down in this uh, virus lockdown. House quarantine. Uh, I, I might say house arrest. But, uh, you know... Um, I just want to reiterate and uh, invite everybody. Now, here's the deal. Uh, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And if anybody wants to do this, you're more than welcome to. Uh, if you want to just slip into the parking lot in your car and just honk when you should say amen, I think that would be hilarious and fun and it'll be exciting. And uh, for everybody do that does that, we'll have a gift certificate for you for $19.95 at Cabela's. Uh, or no, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. All right. We won't do that, but I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled that everybody, uh, who giving and, and loving and, and serving the Lord and praying. And, uh, I, again, everybody, uh, far as I know, feels really wonderful. And you know what? They're, they're, uh, they're trying to keep it quiet, uh, in the news media, but the actual devastation is beginning a little bit to not sound as if it's as bad as it's originally been uh, proclaimed. So let's pray. Let's pray this thing drifts away and we get back to normal. But it looks like Easter Sunday will still be in lockdown. And we're going to have a special uh, music for Sunday morning on Easter morning. And we're still going to have church on, on the... Uh, uh, podcast and the uh, iPad, so uh, Facebook. So I hope you'll be with us, and I hope you'll bring your friends. And uh, we have uh, folks that are from all around the country um, by way of um, uh, some kind of communication. I keep finding out who's listening, and I'm really excited. So thank you for just tuning in. And uh, I don't want to change into a radio preacher, but uh, I hope you'll all be back when... The, we're, the doors are open, so we're going to have church. One day, we're going to get back at it So uh, tonight. All right, let's go ahead and turn in, our hymn, or, or, uh, turn in our Bibles to Psalm 67, and let's bow for prayer. Our Father, tonight we thank you again and again for your mercy to us. Uh, thank you for your wisdom and guidance in the affairs of, uh, of life. We know that you control the affairs of men. And uh, you're in charge of all the governments of the whole entire world. And the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. As rivers of water he turneth it whithersoever he will. And Lord, we know that there's nothing too hard for you. You're guiding us. You're leading us. You've allowed this to happen. We're sorry about the fact that uh, there's so much fear in the world. And so many people are sick. And, and so many people are are scared they're going to get sick, uh, but we pray that you'll help everybody to be healthy. And we do thank you for good health, Lord. Those that are healthy, uh, we should all thank God, and, and Lord, we do. And for, uh, for those that are home and uh, comfortable and not, not feeling bad, Lord, we thank you for that. We really do, Lord. Thank you for, even though the, the, what we think is horrible, in some countries it would be wonderful if they could be home like we're home, and have the homes that we have. So for that, we are thankful, Father. And we thank you for church. We thank you for this wonderful Bible that we have. Encourage our hearts tonight, please. Be with me as I speak. 
and preach and be with the listeners as we all listen closely to the Word of God tonight and be with us this whole week. Bless us in the Wednesday night service. Bless us on Easter morning and Easter night as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And Lord, help us to believe with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you for uh, being with us tonight. Psalm 67, the title of the message is A Prayer for These Times. Uh, There's something that we can find in the Bible, and that is that a lot of people went through hard times, of which this uh, would be nothing compared to what some have gone through. Uh, And and I don't want to minimize anything, but I do want to be realistic. Uh, This is not a big problem compared to some of the things that people went through in the Bible. And uh, they prayed when they went through deep, deep valleys. They prayed and they got on their knees. And I think that'd be wise for you and I to do. But here's a prayer uh, from David. And he uh, wrote this. It's a song. Song, I guess you could say, 67. Let's read it now. It says, David said, God, be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving, look at the next word, thy saving health. That's a good prayer today, isn't it? Thy saving health among all nations. We're not just praying for America today. We're praying for every nation on the earth. Why? Because people need Jesus. They need health of soul and mind and body. And, uh, and, and here's David praying for all nations that they too would have the saving health that only God can give. Verse 3 says, Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth, Selah. So who is the ultimate governor of the whole world? It is not our state governor, although he may want to be. It's not our president. It's not any governor of any city or state. It's only God, and he is the righteous governor. He governs among the affairs of all the nations. He's not just the Christian's governor. He's not just the saved person's God. He's the God of the whole world. Beside him, there is no God. And he does govern. And his timetable is more important than mine or anyone else's. His timetable is, is, is specific. And his timetable cannot be altered. When God has something that he has ordained to happen to the earth, believe me, friend, it will happen. And right now, the whole world seems to be on this one time track where God is governing. And uh, you can rest assured that he knows what he's doing. And I, I, I look in the Bible and I find that every time there's some ter- terrible tragic happens to the churches, it seems as if they spread. Maybe this is the start of a revival. Maybe this is the start of the biggest days that our church has ever had. When we get done with this and people start coming back to church, I'm going to be on my knees. I'm going to be praying that we have a bigger crowd than we've ever had. And if that's what it takes for our church to grow, sign me up. I'm ready for it. And I I need the work to just crush me 
uh, I would love to cry out and say, God, we need help. We need more workers. The, the harvest is plenty, as, as the sign behind me says. Look under the fields. They're white. They're ready to go. Maybe this is what God's going to do in order to get us to uh, grow. So what, whatever is God is doing, you can rest that he's doing it right. And he's, he's very wonderful. Let's look at verse 5. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, I love that, our own God shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Maybe this is just the beginning of a, a, a new way that God's going to use uh, to get the attention of the whole world. So you and I as Christians, we can pray. And I want to I challenge you by the end of the message tonight uh, with a special challenge. Now, over 10 million Americans right now have already filed for unemployment insurance and to get extra money, 10 million. Uh, the stock market has lost about 10,000 points, somewhere close to that. Our nation has hopefully been brought to her knees. I hope so, because that's the safest place. When we went to Beckley, West Virginia, uh, Brother Holder, my old bus director from Trinity Baptist Church in Jacksonville, when I was on staff there, he was the bus director. There was about 1,800 children and uh, went, went to his uh, office one day and he said that he was going to um, uh, take a church in Beckley, West Virginia. So the years went by and we went on a vacation in Virginia and we actually visited his church. And uh, so above uh, the sign out in the reader board in front of his church, he had these words on his reader board uh, so that the highway uh, cars, everybody could see it. It said, getting on your knees puts you in good standing with God. And I thought that was great. And the Bible tells us that, you know, the, the thing that people need to do is we need to get on our knees and pray. I want to ask you to please go to the book of Isaiah. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 45. Let's turn there quickly. Verses 21 through 23. In, in the days of Isaiah, the children of Israel had completely turned their back on God. And he was the prophet to tell them, the Lord's going to judge us. Jeremiah was the prophet that had to preach and say, it's happening. Isaiah said, it's not too late. And Jeremiah said, it's too late now. So these two prophets had a job. But notice when Isaiah was preaching, he gave the whole nation of Israel a lot of hope. And in verse 21 of chapter 45, he says, Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together, who hath declared this from ancient time. Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me? I, or excuse me, a just God and a Savior. Notice in your Bible, if you have the correct translation, that's a capital S on the word Savior. That's speaking directly of the name of Jesus. He's the Savior. And this is a prophecy that Jesus would come. A just God and a Savior. He's the Savior 
And he's God. He's God the Savior. Jesus Christ is the Savior God. He's the God of the Bible. It says there is none else, none beside me. So God, through the prophet, says, I'm your Savior. Look at verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. Aren't you glad God still finds John 3, 16 in Isaiah? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's exactly what this message was all about. All the ends of the earth. For I am God. There is none else. Nobody. There's not two choices between religion. There's not two or three different ways to heaven. There's only one door. And Jesus Christ is the Savior. He's the only Savior. He doesn't share that with anybody. He doesn't share it with any guru. He doesn't share it with any pope. He never has and he never will. He's the only Savior of the world. And you either have him or you don't. And so verse 23, Isaiah still gives us hope. Watch this. He says, I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. And uh, we know that that's, uh, that's it's, uh, repeated in the book of Philippians. So let's go there for a minute. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. So even in the, in the darkest hours of the children of Israel's history, whenever they were just turning their back on God and all uh, uh, just, just in dwelling in, in sin and darkness and away from God, walking away from Him, forgetting Him. He still, through the prophet, said, I'm your only Savior. I'm the only way out of this. And uh, we see that also in Philippians chapter 2. He, he's exalted. His name is exalted, lifted up. Let's go to verse uh, number 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and uh, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Isaiah, uh, he, he, he gave that in his message and he said, Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, there's only one Savior. So this prayer that David prayed was so important. He wanted the whole world to know that uh, saving health would uh, be given to the nations. And so that prayer is still, I'm sure, if you look into it, the Jews to this day, even though they don't know Jesus, they want the whole world to be in peace. They want to live in peace themselves. They really do want peace. They, they're, not, they're not an evil uh, and uh, cantankerous. Uh, they're not a fighting country where they just want to go and take over. They're not a communistic country. They're not a socialistic country. 
they're not a country that wants to fight all the time and take by force. If, if everybody would leave Israel alone, uh, you would find that, that, that they're peaceful people. And, and guess what? That's the way it's going to be one day because the Prince of Peace is going to rule from Jerusalem one day. That's this Savior of this Bible, and He's going to come, and we'll all be healthy, and we'll be fine, and we'll live our lives in joy and harmony for a thousand years under the rulership and government of Jesus. Now, we will all come back roaring in this nation, America. I'm not a prophet. Please don't, don't, tell, don't tell anybody I said I was a prophet. But I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart, when this thing is over, it's going to be the biggest revival of, of economics and work. People are going to be outside. We're going to, your neighbor might even smile at you when this is all over. Uh, you might even wave to somebody instead of honking at them and, and uh, saying a choice word to them. You might uh, roll down your window and wave at them. Uh, when this thing's over, you're going to buy coffee to somebody you don't even know. Uh, you're going you're gonna to go over and help somebody plant in their garden. Uh, you're you're going to be nice to people. You're going to love people again. I promise. It's just the way it is. We're, go, we're all going to come roaring back. Uh, Paul said, I find that I'm really strong when I'm weak. And, uh, you know, our country's weak right now. It, 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 it's just weak. And it, some people don't think it's ever going to recover. It, don't listen to the news because if you do, you're going to run into somebody uh, like that little cartoon character. You know, uh, I, I don't know who he was. Uh, uh, I watched a lot of cartoons when I was a kid. But one of them was always going, we'll never make it. It won't work. They're all going to die. It's not going to work. It's, it's worse than you think. And, oh, it's just terrible. Oh, and, you know, I don't like being around people like that. And so I'm not going to be one. Amen. Are you going to be one? No, don't, don't be that guy. You, you look, at, look in your Bible and say, I believe something good is about to happen. <laughs> Amen. And that's not a false hope, by the way. It's not false. The Bible says if we trust in the Lord and we look to him, we, we can encourage ourselves. You can encourage your neighbor. I think we're going to come roaring back. Uh, I, I just feel like if you read the Bible and you match up to what's going on, I mean, you've got no choice. We've got no choice. As long as there's Christians in this country and Christians in this world that love God, uh, our country's going to bounce back. And for the sake of the Christians in this world, God's going to do great things for us. So we will come roaring back. You say, oh, you can't prove that. I'm glad you made that false t uh, statement there. Uh, turn with me to Psalm 78. Will you turn there, please? Psalm 78, and then we're going to go to Isaiah 35. Psalm 78. Let's look at this. In Psalm 78, verse number 16, every time the children of Israel got into a deep, dark valley, they cried unto the Lord, and then He brought them out. They got back into trouble, and He brought them out again. They got back into trouble and he brought them out again and over and over and over. Every time they had a bad king, turned around a little while later, it was a good king. And every time they got away from God, they cried and, and he took them out of their problems. I think the key here is that you're not going to be more ornery than God is good. 
We're not going to have our country. In other words, good will triumph over right over evil. Uh, right, he says, uh, uh, overcome evil with good. That's the way God works. And so it might be uh, it might be dark for a little while. Uh, uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so look at verse sixteen. In uh, Psalm seventy-eight, it said, "He brought streams, also." out of the rock and cause waters to run down like rivers. He didn't have to do that. In fact, Moses actually got a little upset with the children of Israel, but the water still came out. Honey came right out of the rock. Oil came out of the rock. Uh, there's honey in the rock, my brother. There's honey in the rock for you. Uh, and so we have this, uh, this systematic, cyclical uh, dealings with God. Things go bad for a little while, and then things go good. And I'll tell you what, uh, right now, I wouldn't say things are tremendous right now. I'd say we need the Lord. Look at Isaiah in chapter number 35. I love to look in the Bible and find places where God is happy, and He's excited, and He can't wait to bless people. There's no better joy in the, in the world compared to receiving than giving. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And uh, we all know that it's pretty nice to receive, but, but God says it's more blessed to give. And so he's, he's a giver. And he gives life and he gives joy and he gives happiness. He gives us eternal life, the gift of eternal life. Now look at Psalm, or excuse me, Isaiah 35. Let's go to verse number 1 here. It says, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given into it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart. And that's what I want to say tonight. If there's anybody with a fearful heart, look at this now. It says, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. That's the, God, that's the God we serve. He's going to do great. He's going to give us a roaring uh, comeback, if you will. Then verse 5 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb will sing, the Bible says, For in the wilderness shall waters break out streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass and reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein, no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. 
and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs of everlasting joy upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That's the God we serve. That's what his plan is. And uh, that's a picture of the millennium, by the way. But you know what God has planned for us tonight? He has plans to bless us. And uh, don't lose hope and don't have fear. And don't let that grip you. Don't listen to those people that all they do is talk about how we can't get out of it. It's worse than we feared. It'll never stop. We don't know what to do. Just hunker down and, 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 and uh, re realize your fate. You're never going to get out of this. And you should just worry, worry, worry. And don't, worry, don't, don't, don't even think that you're ever going to get out of it. It's just you're going to get sick one day. And the whole world's going to get sick. It's, the whole world's crushing. And it's just never going to get better. Oh, listen, I'm so tired of hearing that. You realize that's not the case, folks? This whole world is okay. We're, good, we're doing fine. We're, there, there's a lot of sickness in the world. But it's no different than any other place. I mean, look, look at all the countries. There's so I can't even name you all the diseases in this world. But I look at it in a personal level, and if, if I were to ever get sick, I would trust the Lord. I would say, well, Lord, my times are in your hand. You know what I need. You know uh, I, I'd look for every bit of medicine I could find. I mean, uh, I'm not going to try marijuana, though, okay? I just want to uh, There's some medicine. It's not medicine, okay? Just want to throw that out there. I'd rather get sick than have that junk, okay? That's, that's, I don't care how many, how many people call it. Well, it's medicinal. If it was medicinal, how come they didn't use it 50 years ago in the hospital? I'm waiting for an answer. There is no answer. It's not medicine. Okay, just hate me if you want, but I don't care. It's uh, no way. Anyway, you say God has a better plan. Well, I do say this, that Jesus himself said that. Look at Matthew chapter 16 real quickly. And we're going to look at Matthew 16 and verse 18 uh, because this is the biggest, one of the biggest promises in the whole Bible, in the whole New Testament, the whole Old Testament, all of the Bible when Jesus Christ came to the earth, he had a ministry, he got baptized, and he started preaching. He got another preacher around him, and by the way, his name is John the Baptist, and here at our church, if there's a question I ask, or somebody asks, and nobody knows the, nobody knows the answer, the, the straight default answer is always John the Baptist, that you can't go wrong no matter what the question is, you just say John the Baptist, it's the right answer, brother, amen. I don't care what the question is, the right answer, John the Baptist. But John the Baptist, he, he, uh, he found Jesus and he called him the Lamb of God. And you know what he did? He had some disciples with him. He had some, a few disciples that were, that were with him. They've already been baptized. And then he got to baptize Jesus in the wilderness in the Jordan River. So what he did was he took his disciples that he won to Christ and he delivered them over to Jesus. And Jesus, he started a church with them. And John the Baptist was really happy because he got to have a part in starting the very first Baptist church that the world ever knew of. In fact, there wasn't any other kind of church. Look at this. It says in verse 17 of chapter 16, 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee uh, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, according to this, this uh, virus that's going around the world, you think that's going to stop the church of the Lord Jesus? No, can't. There's no way it can stop it. And I know people would love to just quiet churches down. You know what really makes me mad? They say that churches aren't, um, what do they call it, um, necessary, essential. My goodness, there's, 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 a lot more, uh, there's a lot more things in this world uh, that you can figure out faster than that. Listen, uh, you know, the, um, the marijuana shops are not essential. Compared to the church, they're telling us that the churches are not essential. Why is that? I, I think it's more essential than a lot of things that they say that it's okay to be open. In, in fact, uh, our, our senator, Doug Erickson, down in Olympia, he was on the radio the other day. You know what he said? He went to a chainsaw store to get a chainsaw to help his neighbor. But he had to wait outside and he couldn't go in the chainsaw store because they were only allowing one person in and they were selling stuff on the sidewalk. But uh, right across the street, the people were flowing in and backing out in the, in the Safeway and Albertsons and they were flowing in and out of Home Depot. And, and it's, just, it's just maddening, they say, that the church is not essential. Why are those things essential? I think this is essential. I think our church is essential. Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. My goodness. I, I, I think for sure that uh, if, if you were in Mississippi or Texas or some of those other states that are well-known Bible uh, states, they have declared that the churches are essential. Is there any reason why our government can't say that out here in Washington? Oh, I wish Jay Inslee would listen to me. He just does not listen to me. He's never, he just doesn't care what I say. But you know what? It is essential that we serve the Lord. It is essential. In fact, that's the only thing that's going to get us back to prosperity and, and health and comfort and peace is uh, trust in the Lord. Well, the Bible says very clearly that God's plan is that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So no matter what the world tries to do, the church of the Lord Jesus is going to just go fine and dandy right along and he's going to bless us. We have power from him that we didn't know about. Did you know Peter, uh, the, the, the one that Jesus is talking about here in this scripture, did you know what he did? He wrote in his two letters, he mentioned a church in Babylon uh, and Marcus, who he led to the Lord, he called Marcus his son. Just like Paul called Timothy his son, Peter called Marcus his son. So he led somebody to the Lord, and there was a church in Babylon. I wonder what kind of church that was. That was a biblical church, wasn't it? And the head of that church was Jesus. It wasn't some different denomination or cult. It was the church that, that Peter, no doubt, knew about. And so... Uh, we have uh, Baptist churches in Iraq. A lot of people don't know that, that there's, a, there's one or two Baptist churches in Iraq right now in, in that terrible, uh, uh, scary country where, where people don't, 
they don't they don't like the Bible there. They don't like our way of living and and they call the West the great Satan. But there's a Baptist church in Iraq. There's a Baptist church, several Baptist churches in China. There's Baptist churches in Russia. Uh, there's Baptist churches in India, almost every continent you can name. And the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you get a good solid group of people that love God. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus still has that promise for you and I today. So I'm not worried about a virus. I'm going to wash my hands and watch out what I do. Um, I'm just, you notice I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not going to do that. How would you like me to preach with a hospital mask on? Wouldn't that look kind of funny? All right, turn in your Bibles. To, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep clean and wash my hands. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, I want to I want to give you a uh just a challenge tonight before we go. Uh every time persecution came or troubles came, it seemed like the church would spread. And that's that's wonderful. So, I want you I want you to think about this tonight. Uh number 1, plan some projects for when this thing is over. Don't let this thing stop. If it stopped earlier, we don't we don't want to be caught flat-footed we want to get ready we want to have something planned we want to have some projects around the church planned i've got so much i got a list of things that we're going to do and on that list is just so many fun things we're going to paint and we're going to do yard work and we're going to uh, fix fences and do signs we're going to do all kinds of things we're going to remodel a couple of places all these things that are inexpensive but we're going to get busy and uh, uh we're, we're going to have some barbecues amen I need a little higher, a louder amen on that. I mean, we're, we're going to have work days. We're going to have visitor contests. We're going to have soul winning. We're going to get back and roar like crazy. And, and you wouldn't believe. I think maybe the Lord will give us a revival. But stay busy while this thing's going on. Plan ahead for when it's over. Get some things ready and get ready because the gates of hell will not prevail against this. Uh, we're we're going to march forward. We're going to get busy. Uh, stay busy now, though, getting things done that you can get done. How many have ever said, well, when I get time to do it, I will? Oh, that is so convicting. How many have a lot of time on your hands right now? Everybody, get busy. Stop sleeping in so late. Oh, 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 maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, I should. Hey, stop sleeping in so late every day. Uh, just because you can't go to work doesn't mean you should stay in bed. Amen. Man, it's getting quiet out there in Whatcom County. All right. Search through your heart and find out what God wants you to do. Search through your heart and uh, mark those things that you, that you want to remember when this is over that you remember that you could live without because there's a lot of stuff we're living without. And I, I thank God for, as I said last, uh, last service, I can't live without my family. I, I can't live without the Bible. I can't live without uh, barbecue food. Amen. And I can't live without homemade coffee. These are things that are important to me. Amen. But no, we, we have a lot of fluff in our lives as Americans. We're spoiled rotten. We live very delicately. And uh, one little thing goes wrong. is Oh, my life is just ruined. No, it's okay. 
they'll uh, they'll have your brand of uh, uh, boots later. You know, you, you don't worry about it. Uh, they, they you can buy vanilla cream for your coffee in the, in the grocery store. Don't get mad at Starbucks. Amen. There's a lot we can live without, but search through your heart and uh, pick those things that don't matter and mark the things that do matter and rearrange your life. This is good for us. Now, this last challenge I want to give to you. The Bible says, please turn with me in Mark. This is the last scripture in Mark chapter 11. Uh, Look with me quickly now, Mark 11, verse 23. Now, I, uh, I take this personally. I'm not challenging you without challenging myself. I'm taking this challenge. I want you to know something. God does not need a big group of people to answer a prayer. He can answer the prayer of a widow. He can answer the prayer of a one little child. He can answer the prayer of a broken heart. He doesn't need a stadium full of people, although that is good if, if that happened, but he doesn't have to answer only if there's a big group of people praying. He can... He can answer your prayer all by yourself. In fact, he says, when you pray, go into your closet. There's not much room in a closet. He's trying to tell us to go personally and privately and talk to him. Okay, now with that in mind, look at verse number 23. In verse 23 of chapter 11, the Bible says, For verily I say unto you, Jesus said, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, that's a difficult challenge from the Lord, but it's there. I thought, what if whoever is listening to this sermon, no matter where you are tonight, if you took that challenge and you believe with all of your heart that it was up to you to ask God's blessings and to to give our nation healing again and to bring us revival, whatever you ask, I thought, I'm going to take that challenge. Maybe, maybe God would listen to me without, without needing a stadium full of people. Maybe if I got into my closet and asked Jesus to take this thing away and get our church back together and get our country going again, maybe he would hear my prayer. I think he's looking for somebody that really does believe strongly without doubting that God would do it. He, he put that challenge to us. I'm not asking God to take up a mountain and throw it into the ocean. I, I'm not asking God to root up a sycamore tree and throw it in the ocean. I'm, maybe God would hear my prayer. Maybe he would hear your prayer. Maybe you're the key in your private prayer life. Maybe it is you that God's waiting for to answer this prayer. I believe this, if any Christian with that kind of faith would, would take the challenge, maybe, maybe you are the answer. 
Remember the mustard seed, just a tiny little grain of faith? That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And maybe, maybe I'm the key to this whole thing. And shame on me if I know this and don't try it. Uh, I think every Christian, uh, if, you, if you're listening to this message, that's my challenge to you. Why don't you take this challenge that Jesus puts on us and say, maybe it's up to you. That's not to make you feel bad. That's to make you feel, maybe, maybe it is me. I, that's a good thing. Maybe you're the answer to it. Maybe God's looking for somebody with that kind of belief. And maybe it's you. It might be you. You'll never know until you get on your knees and ask God for the healing of our nation. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and heal, heal their land. I hope that you would take that challenge in a friendly way. I'm excited and I'm going to take that challenge tonight. God bless you for listening. Thank you so much. Let's bow our heads for prayer.